the secret of change is to focus all of your energy not on fighting the old but building the new a quote by socrates hello everyone and welcome to nerdy optometrist a podcast channel for all things optometry and this is your host ukti bora today we are going to do a little shift because my guest is not an optometrist but an ophthalmologist who i feel has a lot for all of us that we all can learn from It's a privilege and honor to have Dr. Don Wynn, a board-certified ophthalmologist and a glaucoma specialist, to be as a guest for this special episode. He attended uh, the University of Oklahoma for undergrad and medical school. His ophthalmology training includes residency at the University of Texas Health Sciences Center in San Antonio and a glaucoma fellowship at the Bears Eye Institute at Stanford. His areas of interest include combining cataract with minimal invasive glaucoma surgery, differentiating high myope from glaucoma using advanced imaging modalities for early detection and evidence-based medicine for more precise treatment of glaucoma. He enjoys connecting with his patients on a personal level and catering each individual treatment plan to their own level of disease and situation. This definitely shows we have a lot to learn from him, especially in the space of glaucoma as well as myopia. Dr. Wynn has been trained uh, to comprehensively treat and manage all glaucoma in a variety of ways, including medication, lasers, and surgeries. He also enjoys performing cataract surgery to help restore vision for patients. In his spare time, he enjoys spending time with his family and eating at local eateries. We're going to definitely focus on this part at the end of the podcast. And not to mention that he's a member of American Academy of Ophthalmology and American Glaucoma Society. Thank you so much, Dr. Wynn, for uh, being guest on this podcast and welcome to the Nerdy family. Uh, thank you, Dr. Boar, for having me. It's my pleasure. Wonderful. So I'm going to go to my favorite question, which I usually like to understand. How did you bump into ophthalmology, eye care? Like, tell us a little more about your background and your story there. So ophthalmology was not on the radar at all. Um, typically, I was going to med school thinking I would do family medicine or internal medicine. And I remember during uh, like a first year clerkship, um, we had an ophthalmology day. And I remember walking out of the room thinking, there's who would do that? Who would want to do that? It's so boring. But <laughs> I think a lot of your, you know, your career path is shaped by the people that you're around and the, you know, the kind of the mentors and influences you had. But um, I used to take my cousin's grandma to the doctor because I had a lot of free time in the summer. They always, I was the the cousin that they would always call and ask me. So I took her to an ophthalmology appointment actually once. And I was really impressed by the doctor that was taking care of her. And I just kept his card in my car. And, you know, when third year came around and after taking boards, I was just thinking about you know the typical decision tree is surgery versus uh, medicine. And so once I decided I wanted, I was more interested in doing surgery, I started looking at the surgical specialties. And, you know, I had his card in my car still one day, and I just looked down at it and I just decided to call him and ask him just randomly if I could come shadow him. And he said, yes, he was really gracious. And I guess the rest is history. I kind of fell in love with it after that. It's so it's a nice and refreshing to hear that, you know, even you bumped into the profession, which you felt you were not going to be part of. Because yeah. majority of my guests that I do discuss and talk about, uh, about optometry as well, they do also have that, oh, optometry was nowhere 
even close to my radar this was probably something i saw somewhere or i you know just bumped into it and i'm glad to see even it's same for you so it's it's interesting how you know i care is so might not be in anybody like priority list but as soon yeah. as we get into it there is no looking back exactly 100% yeah Awesome. Now, focusing about your practice, you did mention you're doing a lot in the space of glaucoma. I do know that you're doing more in surgical space, but tell us a little more about your practice and you're like, you know, what, uh, how does it look like? Um, we have a uh, specialty group. We've got uh, four um, dedicated general ophthalmologist cataract surgeons is one oculoplastic surgeon that works part-time. And then when I joined uh, four years ago, I was the first glaucoma specialist they had to practice. And so far, I'm the only one. We are adding another glaucoma specialist that will join us after he completes his fellowship next year. But um, yeah, um, we, all, we also have cornea as well. Uh, my practice specifically is probably 75% uh, glaucoma and 25% in general. Uh, my surgical practice is typically about 50 to 60%, just, ca just cataract. And the rest is either combined cataract and glaucoma or uh, just don't glaucoma surgery. Uh, as you mentioned, you know, I'm really excited to even know that you are the, the first one as a glaucoma specialist and probably the only one right now, but you'll have more joining your team. But being a glaucoma mm -hmm. specialist, and even when we see glaucoma patients in an optometry practice, we are all aware that how our patients are usually on some of the other medications for pretty much all their life and the price that goes around it is is something which is very difficult to cope up with and that's where I feel uh, the sponsor for this episode Nano Dropper has done a fantastic job about creating an adapter which minimizes the size and optimizing the size of an eye drop so can you share a little more about uh, your introduction to Nano Dropper and what are your thoughts about it from an actual clinical use case point of view Yes. So um, I also, you know, stumbled across the Anodropper very fortuitously. I was, uh, I'm uh, embarrassed to admit it, but I was uh, surfing Instagram on my phone and I came across uh, the Nanodropper ad and it looked very interesting. I clicked it, I, I read about it and I was like, wow, you know, this product really addresses, you know, an issue that all of my patients, all of our patients, glaucoma patients have that use drops chronically, you know, basically everything we always hear about um cost right patients you know all day long we get you know insurance denials because due to cost and um you know the, the insurance a lot of times will dictate what we can prescribe to our patients and so uh, that part we all hate you know we don't get to prescribe what we want all the time we kind of have to play the insurance game so you know i read about it and i was like oh i have to try this you know it, I, so i uh direct messaged uh nano dropper on instagram i said hey i want to try this will you send me one and so they did, they sent me one through the mail. I got it out as soon as I got there. I had my techs in the room with me and say, hey guys, check this product out. So we got out a sample of, um, I think it was Visolta or Lumigan something. And you know, I, I took a sample and I, I just tested how many drops I could get out of the, you know, the manufacturer bottle, the factory bottle. And I think a 2.5 milliliter bottle gave me about 90 drops. We were, we were counting every single drop that came out. So you know, that's why I tell patients, if you're very good, this you know, sample should last you at least a month, 45 days if you're perfect, right? And so then we put the nano dropper on and we did the same thing. And we were very meticulous at you know, only getting one single drop out of each time that we, we squeezed the bottle. 
and we, we realized we got over 300 drops with the nano dropper attached to wow. it. Wow. And so, you know, I was sold at that point, you know, and obviously we've known in the, in the field for a long period of time, long time that the size of the drops from the bottle, no matter which drug it's from, is way larger than what the patients need. You know, they put the drop in, it floods their tear lake, it, it runs off on their cheek, all patients say that. Um, and so, you know, patients only need about 10% of the original drop volume to get the effective dose. And so that, you know, essentially nanodropper assess, addresses that problem. So we're cutting back on uh, waste, we're cutting back on costs. I tell patients, you know, um, a nano dropper will make a one month supply. If you're good, last at least three to four months. So it pays for itself there. And then I think most important to me is the side effects. Mm -hmm. um, we're reducing side effect profile because we're minimizing the amount of volume that's going into the eye. And, and a lot of times patients stop drops, not necessarily because it's too expensive, but because they can't tolerate it. You know, the patient's you know, it's working well, but their eyes, you know, they're so they're red, they're dry, they're irritated, um, especially if they're on multiple drops. And so Nanodropper really addresses all of those issues with compliance, cost, waste, and side effects. And so it was, it was a perfect marriage uh, in terms of the product with my patient population. And so I, you know, immediately ordered, uh, I had my office manager order some, and I think she ordered like a box of, I can't remember, 20 or 30 or something like that. And I went through it in a week. And wow. so I went through it in a week. So I, I honestly don't even, you know, I, I don't say every, I don't think I make a conscientious effort to tell every single patient about it. But, you know, when patients bring up something to me, they say something during our, you know, appointment during you know, our conversation that triggers in my mind, oh, have I told you about Nanodropper? You know, this is a product that, you know, can do all these things for you. And that's it. I just say, hey, if you're interested, we have it here. And, oh, they're like, hey, where can I buy that? You know, which pharmacy? And I said, well, actually, we have it here. And so they're like, oh, perfect. And so it's just something that I think um, makes a ton of sense. Um, any patient that uses drops chronically would benefit. And so it's not necessarily, you know, a lot of um, people have you know, reached out and said, hey, you know, has Nanodropper affected your, you know, the business side of the things? And to me, I, I honestly, I don't even think about that. You know, I'm just worried about, hey, this is something that helps patients. So uh, yeah, we might make a very small profit from selling the, the nano dropper, but it just helps patients. And so that, that's the most important thing is trying to keep patient first. And, um, and they, I've heard nothing but positive feedback from them about it. That's awesome. I have to say a couple of things that you just mentioned and highlight that I yeah. myself actually found Nanodropper on Instagram. So oh, really? for, yeah. you know, they're doing a good job of being <laughs> on social media. Yeah. And the minute I saw that, I had the exact same feeling that, hey, this is so obvious because I've heard this so many times. Forget patients at my house itself. Like my dad do have dry eye at times. And when he, every time he'll use a drop, he's like, everything comes out. And he like keeps squeezing, like, you know, drops and drops of it. I'm like, no, you just need one drop. It's fine. You know, you've yeah. got good enough of it. And it's hard yeah. to explain them because they just feel everything is coming out. So it's not, it's not as effective. So they might end up using more drops than needed. And you right. rightly pointed out that, you know, especially like when there are more medicated eye drops say for patients in glaucoma, you want them to use it in the right proportion to avoid any wastage as well as side effects. What if, you know, they just keep on adding double drops thinking this is going to help them just because yes. everything is coming out. Uh, so, and that has been, I think, a very common, common uh, complaint or a feedback from every patient yeah. or family member. Any eye care provider has been surrounded with. Yeah, it's something we, we all have 
heard, you know, every day we hear patients complain about it. And so, and understandably so, you know, it, the, the cost of medications is going up and, and um, it's, it's tough, you know, patients, uh, our patient, my patient population is, you know, older, they've got other medical problems to deal with, they've got other, you know, diseases. And so um, I hate having to add to that burden, to, you know, the cost of doing this, but obviously it's, it's very important. It's, you know, vision um, threatening disease. And so it has to be taken seriously. And I don't want them to have to ration their medication because it's because of cost or, oh, because my eyes burn so bad when I use it, you know, I only use it every other day or, you know, it should be used two or three times a day. I just use it once a day because it burns. So, you know, um, I don't think the nanodropper eliminates those things, but it certainly helps alleviate and lessens it to where it's more tolerable for the patient. So um, it's a great product. Absolutely. I really loved how you actually uh, you know, mentioned briefly about these use cases of since many times it might not really be about the cost. It could just be about convenience. And as you rightly mentioned, many patients might be on multiple medications and you don't want to make it uh, add another hassle, but provide your treatment as hassle-free. So I really liked how Nanodropper has this one simple solution as an adapter, which goes on any eye drop bottles and it can be used by the patient to not just help the patient minimize the uh, like size of the drop, but also convenience and keep them more uh, compatible with you know the treatment plan versus having a fear of dropouts it just yeah. because they are they just feel it's oh my god another hassle that i have to take care of yeah absolutely and uh i'm i really liked another piece that you had mentioned a bit earlier about the roi i feel anytime anybody you know is trying to add any new thing in the office they might think what's my return on investment mm -hmm. but the fact that you're coming up with a solution uh, for the patient is always is always going to help you to provide something which maybe someone else has not ever offered. And that might not be like a huge margin of profits right up there, but yeah. it can help you in the long run because now they feel that as a doctor, you do care about them beyond just a prescription. And so, uh, yeah, I'm patients you know appreciate that that we're taking time but we you know you have to put yourself in their shoes think about you know not just like hey don't just get angry at them for not using their drops correctly or not being compliant and just trying to you know be show some empathy understand that you know sometimes it's difficult i mean we're doctors are probably the worst patients themselves i know i am you know i don't I de i'm supposed to wear mouth guard every night for my dentist and i don't so you know just kind of put them in that in your in their shoes understanding their the patient's perspective and um, you know, they, they really appreciate that. And, and, uh, I've heard nothing but positive things about, you know, at once patients adapt the nanodropper and another thing too, you know, if, if doctors are worried about, you know, explaining that to the patient, you know, if you, does it disrupt your clinic flow at all, you know, having to explain this, you know, oh, by the way, you know, on the way out. So, you know, my, I have a scribe and a lead tech. And so he's heard kind of my spiel. So every single time, you know, when I tell patients, I generally tell them the same exact thing about it. And so, you know, he's heard me say it so many times. So you can train your staff to do the same thing. You know, they can, you know, intercept them during, you know, workup, during triage, you know, when patients complain, you know, to your technicians, oh, well, you know, we have a product here called Nanodropper and, and you know, just train the staff, have the staff talk to them, have them reinforced to so the patient by the time they get to you, you know, the patient can, you know, just ask you, hey, I, you know, your, your staff told me about Nanodropper, what do you think? And so it becomes a much more brief, uh, succinct conversation at that point. Um, or, you know, on the way I'll say, I'll talk to my, my scribe. I'll say, Hey Frank, can you tell, you know, Mrs. You know, so-and-so about nanodropper and he says, yes, I'll take care of it. And so, you know, it doesn't have to be like a huge 
chair time killer. It just, you know, I think it's um, once you get down your clinic's used to it, that it can be very efficient and again, really, really benefit the patient. I think this is a great point that you highlighted of, you know, training the staff. And as, as, as you have also shared in your experience, NanoDropper itself is not really a game-changing technology or something where you'll have to add a lot more effort. It mm-hmm. could be just like, say, lid cleansers for dry eye patients. You know, how you prescribe them or, say, for compressions for dry eye, it is a similar kind of uh, a product that you in your clinic and it's easier to learn it's literally like maybe three sentences that you could say that the three to kind of help explain it better to the patient if they have any questions from your staff could kind of suffice the entire uh conversation about what nano dropper does itself right i know we did talk a lot about glaucoma but is it just used by you in the clinic or what are the uh what is about opinion about other doctors do they use it for their wrapper i think i'm probably the biggest user of it just because you know the the glaucoma mm. patient population that are using drops chronically but you know i think uh you know the cornea docs patient you know their patients their uh, transplant patients that are on steroids also you know chronic steroids after a transplant um we also have a combination uh, bottle that compounded by Impermis for post-op cataract surgery patients and i believe the nano also fits on that you know oftentimes patients will run out before um, we want them to to complete their you know their post-op uh, cataract surgery drops to taper and so that also helps uh, decrease the the um uh, the waste of the drops from that are compounded by Impermis. Uh, I I love that, that, you know, how you highlighted it can be used for like multiple use cases. Another quick question I have, do you also use it in your practice? Because we do use eye drops as well, right? Yeah, Um, I I hadn't, um, you know, initially thought about that, but I think my staff did it themselves. So we typically give, you know, a um, topical NSAID like Prolenza uh, Mm -hmm. after uh, SLT. Um, and so I've noticed our staff has put nano dropper on that to also extend the life of those jobs. It makes, you know, it makes a ton of sense to do that too. We don't want to be wasteful if we, if we can avoid that. So. Wonderful. So I feel nano dropper itself sounds like a perfect solution for not just patients, but also practitioners. And I had the exact same mm-hmm. feeling and it feels so nice that you have kind of confirmed of my thoughts about that product. Oh yeah. I mean, they're not even, I think the, the, you know, the team, the nano dropper, that team that came up with the idea I don't believe, I think her name is Alyssa. I don't believe she's in ophthalmology. I think she's a medical student. And so I was just like really, really impressed by, by her you know, idea because you know, we've known about this problem for a long time. You know, we've asked you know, the pharmaceutical companies to adjust the bottles to you know, decrease waste and it just hasn't happened. So I'm, I'm glad that somebody took this, this you know, issue in their own hands and came up with something that can really help um, both patients and doctors with this problem. Absolutely, yeah. I feel like I I did briefly talk to uh, two or three members of the team, and none of them have any background or any history of eye care or like yeah. optometry, and they just found this problem, and they're like, "Why is there no solution out of it?" And I'm like, "Yeah, we all know about it, but we never thought about it. We were so involved in like the other part of the treatment that we forgot to coming up with a simple solution, mm-hmm. for sure." Even I had uh, very similar feelings, thinking that this is such a quick and easy solution to the problem. 
So we did talk a lot about the good side about NanoDropper and uh, how it has helped your practice and your patients. Any mm-hmm. anything that was a roadblock or any issues, any challenges that you faced with NanoDropper? Um, I mean, the only thing is that it's not universal to all drops. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of patients, I think the only patients that were upset were if they were sold one and it didn't fit their bottle or they had, you know, they had issues with, um, you know, the, the silicone tip came off or something like that. And, you know, that's something that's easily addressed. I typically just have them come back in and we just replace it, you know, free of charge. Mm-hmm. And, um, or if it didn't fit their bottle, we just refund them the money. But you know, now we're a lot more careful. We know which bottles it, it does definitely fits and which ones that it doesn't. And so mm-hmm. I, I wish, you know, they had more designs that were more universal, especially to the generic drops, like the more common drops like Latanoprost or um, Drizolomitimolol, that it, those are, you know, probably the two of the most uh, medications that most of my patients are on. And so it doesn't fit those. Um, that's probably the main thing I, I can think of. Um, how about you? Have you run into any particular issues with it or? No, I haven't, but I definitely know I did, did speak to them and I do know that they are working on, you know, having different designs mm-hmm. just to address this exact same problem. Yeah. Uh, so yes, I'm, I'm also happy to share that if this is the only problem that you faced, Mm. And there is definitely a solution coming up and I'm going to look out for what's happening new and more with nano droppers. So if yeah. we might have more products and more solutions for this problem as well. Yeah. yeah. I'm excited about that because, you know, a ton of patients are on generics and you know, I don't have a great solution for them yet, but um, hopefully in the near future, they'll have more uh, designs that will fit more bottles. Absolutely. So we did talk a lot about your practice about NanoDropper and how I feel and even you agree that this should be a product in every office if possible, just to add another layer of solution that you can provide to your patients as well as use it yourself to save some uh, eye drop wastage for sure. So we're going to now segue into my favorite segment, which is a game segment where we're going to talk about uh, I'm going to throw in some rapid fire questions and I want you to tell me the first answer that comes to your mind. Make sure okay. it's rapid fire. So it has to be quick. Okay. Oh gosh. I'm scared. Okay. <laughs> All right. Don't worry. It's going to be a fun thing. So nothing <laughs> to be scared of for sure. Okay. okay. Uh, so are you ready? I'm ready. Awesome. Perfect. So we go with the first question, which is your favorite destination? Hawaii. Hawaii. Oh, I love that too. I, Fun fact, I did live in Hawaii for two months. So. Oh, really? Nice. <laughs> uh, your favorite food or cuisine? Uh, Vietnamese food. Vietnamese. Any, any, <laughs> I love the sandwiches for sure. I love Vietnamese sandwiches. Yeah, I'm biased. I'm Vietnamese. So that's why. If you asked me when I was in high school, I'd say pizza. But you know, your taste changes. So. <laughs> I'm sure Vietnamese is a comfort food. So you know, we, I, we, we drift away but come back to comfort food for sure favorite movie or series favorite movie mm-hmm. i don't know if i have a favorite movie forrest gump <laughs> <laughs> all right if you had a superpower what would you want that power to be uh gosh fly i guess <laughs> yeah, i'd go to hawaii <laughs> okay awesome uh, if you were to interview someone dead or alive, do you know who that one would be? And what would be the question? Gosh, that's a tough one. <laughs> Just anyone that you would want to interview. Uh, who I want to interview? Um, 
just one question or just if you would like to have a chat with someone i guess michael jordan i guess he's like mm -hmm. my favorite like you know athlete or role model growing up um i'm not sure what i would ask him though secret to success even though i already know what he would say i've watched like every interview about him so how does he you know find you know uh motivation to continue to you know excel in life that he continued with every step in life he had to you know, motivate himself to be the best at whatever he was doing so i guess i'd just like to say i just want a picture with him honestly okay so we, <laughs> we'll, we'll go with that i don't uh it's okay if you don't have a question but you would like to interview or sit across and maybe have some... michael jordan knowing him like dunking on me or something that'd be great <laughs> 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 all right so we'll go with that so we do have we do have an answer of michael jordan for sure awesome if we were to write an autobiography about your journey what would you like the title to be oh gosh <laughs> uh, autobiography about me um pass i don't know i don't know what it would, the title would be um the kid who dreamed big this, I would just say that, I guess. That, that's a great title, to be honest. So I think you <laughs> nailed it. <laughs> I don't can think of anything. <laughs> but that is motivational. That is definitely amazing. So good to know. One last question for this rapid fire. I, I'll make sure it's not too tough. Make it easy. Make it easy. I make like easy. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. If you were to change anything or add anything in the eye care industry overall, what do you think that one thing would be? change anything about the eye care industry um more easier access to newer technology um mm -hmm. maybe that's maybe a good or a bad thing how you know stringent the fda is here at approving new devices or medicine but uh i i'm somewhat jealous of you know other like you know canada europe you know other they, when they get to you know use newer uh you know products that are approved over there and the united states is typically uh, the last one to the to the show in terms of trying new, you know, whether that's surgical devices, IOLs, things like that. Um, so that's, I don't know if that's something I've changed or maybe something I, I'm jealous of, I guess. I'd like to always, I always want to be on the cutting edge and trying new things too, so. That's wonderful. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure like now we're all looking for new technologies and things are definitely changing in healthcare as well as in eye care. So we are hoping yeah. for a Constantly uh, thing, it's innovation is, you know, the competition between companies, you know, I love it because, you know, at, at the center of it is patient care is, is improving. And if we, the better, that's better for us as, as, you know, as doctors is that we, we get to, you know, um, advance that for patients, you know, we're constantly trying to figure out ways to become more efficient, safer, uh, quicker things to, that will ultimately benefit patient care and outcomes, hopefully. Absolutely. And I think that that is a wonderful answer to my final question of the rapid fire. So you did a great job there. <laughs> so we're done with the rapid fire. Before I end this episode, one takeaway message that you would have or you would like to share with all my listeners. Takeaway, I would say. Um, to, you know, keep keep the patient in the center of all of our treatment decisions. Um, you know, think about their perspective, think about their disease state, think about um, everything going on, treat them as a whole and not just as a disease. Um, think of them as, as human beings and individuals and how you would want to be treated, how your 
own family member would want to be treated. And I think that's just like the golden rule. So um, as long as you kind of, you know, keep um, the focus on that, then I think um, good things will happen to, to you and your patients and in your practice. Absolutely. I loved it. You know, I, I, I actually read this uh, article, which has this term patient centric a year ago, and that has just, uh, just stuck with me forever, I feel. And I use this in every conversation that let's focus on making our care patient centric versus physician centric, where yes. we are not the center of the care, the patient is and everything should yeah. go towards the patient. <laughs> and I loved how you, you just said the exact same thing. I think um, that makes, you know, the patient a real person that not just a patient or a disease state, but also turn it around. That makes you a real person too, not just a doctor, but uh, a person that's human and, um, you know, can make mistakes, can have failures. And, you know, you just, I think that's part of, um, I guess, learning the art of medicine and, and evolving, you know, we're, we're so tough on ourselves and it's hard for us to, you know, accept failure in anything, but I think taking a step back and, and, letting yourself be human too is helps keep us sane. I think we have a tough job sometimes. So sometimes you have to, um, you know, take a breather and understand that, you know, everybody's human. And I love how, you know, you're so passionate about patient care and all you want everyone to keep in mind is, you know, things can change. Life can be busy. We might be focusing on our practice or making it success overall, but don't forget about being human in the whole process. I think that's exactly you summarized that much better than I did. Thank you. <laughs> I think you did a fantastic job in this entire episode. Thank you once again for your time. Uh, for all my listeners, I will be dropping in the link of Nano Dropper. So if you are interested, and I highly, highly recommend all of you to do check it out, uh, the Nano Dropper, and see if that would be useful for you as well as your patients. Definitely worth a product to have in your office. As far as supporting Nerdy Optometrist, you can definitely find Nerdy Optometrist on all streaming platforms. You can also support me by buying me a coffee. There is an icon on my website which says, you know, buy me a cup of coffee to support this episode, as well as you can leave me a review if you have enjoyed this or any of our episodes. With that, thank you so much, Dr. Ben, for your time and insights. And it was a pleasure having this conversation with you. Thank you, Dr. Bur. It was a lot of fun. Thank you for having me on your show. Appreciate it. Thank you.